this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It's uh, Monday, 16 January in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is Martin Luther King Day here in the uh, United States. I want to welcome our worldwide audience. I want to get into something first. We just had Nora Ben Laden on. We had her this morning from Davos Live, and then she did a summary hit for us this afternoon or this evening a little while ago. Should be on tomorrow. Remember, the Build Back Better, the Great Reset, all that's been kind of put off to the side. They're not, they're not pushing that like they were, and one of the reasons is Naomi Wolf. And all the great work of the War Room Posse and others in this uh, to get to the bottom of the vaccine situation, the clinical trial that they're kind of running as a, you know, a, a, a mandate. Um, but right now, you know, they start a little gloomy in, um, in uh, Davos today. And the reason is they've got a great reset, but it's not the one that they wanted to pull off. The great reset is there's $300 trillion of debt throughout the world. That is... Uh, Government debt at every level, federal government, state government, local government throughout the world, uh, also corporate, all the corporate debt, all the um, personal debt, all of it, $300 trillion. And they understand with interest rates, a lot of this given when interest rates were near zero after the financial crisis and then the first couple of months of the, um, of the pandemic with uh, negative interest rates or zero interest rates. But now that because of inflation, because there's too much money been printed, it's it's uh, inflation's out of control. The, the central banks are having to crack down, whether that's this Bank of Japan or it's the Federal Reserve. And of course, today, in the Financial Times of London, companies face billions in write downs as Davos confronts souring economy. See it right there, my favorite paper, the Financial Times of London. Um, and, and this, over the weekend, as we were working through the shows this week and the debts and everything like that, I want to make sure and ask the guys at home title lock, Matthew Cox, to come on, because I want to take a few minutes. With this economy, and even Biden, in, in this bizarre speech he gave today, actually had one moment of clarity. He talked about your home. As we go into this um, uh, economic turmoil, because right now, the, you know, everybody's agreeing with us, there is going to be a recession. It's just the degree of, of how difficult, and I keep saying right now, it's actually a depress, depression among working class people because these interest rates are exploding. Your anchor to windward in this is going to be your home. If you're fortunate enough to actually already be in a, a homeowner, that is going to be the one thing that kind of anchors you in these, in these times. And, and as we've gone through the fifth generation warfare and talking about all the cyber attacks and uh, you know what happened last week uh, with the air traffic control, uh, what's happening, obviously, in the war in Ukraine, this fifth generation warfare. I have a, uh, I have a piece up on, um, on Getter that I pulled from the Taipei News. It talks about cyber attacks and artificial intelligence being the lead that the PLA will use in, uh, in their assault on Taiwan. They're actually talking about this right now. That's going to be artificial intelligence coupled with cyber. That it's getting so sophisticated. And I just so this is where I'm glad that Home Title Lock is one of our partners. I want to bring in Matthew Cox. Matthew, I'm I'm more concerned than ever that people and they're just so busy and they don't under they don't realize how rudimentary the 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 title system is in this country and how it's still based on so much just paperwork that people can go in there actually hack into these fairly rudimentary county or state level systems actually get, get your mortgage change get your title change the name take out a big loan from the bank and the first thing you know is when the the, pay, the the delayed payments, hey, where's your money you owe us for this, you know, the second equity loan you took out on your house. So I want you to walk through what people have to do because we need the audience. I need people, and this is why we bring in people for building the alternative economy, like a public square where you're, you're having these exchanges where you don't have to give money to people that hate you. The other is preparation, and you need to prepare. And we're so proud of putting people forward and said, hey, here's how you prepare. So Matthew... First of all, I want to tell people how easy it is to do this, 
And number two, what they need to do today, not wait, but what they need to do today to combat this. Well, you, you have to check your, your title and most people aren't going to do that. They, they need a service just like you have a service on your credit card or any, or even an alarm system on your home. You, you need to check your, your title regularly and people aren't going to do that. So they have to have a service like home title lock. A home title lock is constantly, uh, is constantly scrolling public records constantly looking at your title they you would be notified immediately of of any type of change in your title and you know the problem is even if someone were to check their own title that there's just no way that they could stop this by themselves and they certainly couldn't handle what's going to happen the ramifications of someone taking your title or borrowing against your home or even changing the warranty deed out of the homeowner's name into a separate person's name and selling the home, the average person simply can't, they can't afford to hire an attorney. They can't afford, they don't have the knowledge to do it themselves to correct that problem. So the, the only real solution is, is a company like Home Title Lock. That really is the, the best course of action. And, it, and it's, it's so inexpensive. It's, it's like, it's less than a dollar a day. But, but I want to make sure people know, because right now we're going to go through a uh, economic um, headwind like people have not seen since 2008. Um, how prevalent is this crime? I wanted people to understand this is not just something that maybe happens to something you read and happens in some remote part of the country. How prevalent is this crime right now? Well, it. So when I was doing it, it was in its infancy and it has absolutely exploded over the last five years. You know, it, there was a there was a time when people were they were doing a uh, tax fraud. People were claiming uh, there were there were criminals out there that were that were applying for individuals uh, tax refunds. And that started off small and then it exploded. And that's what's happening you know, over the court, it takes five or six years for these things to to catch on. And then uh, then suddenly all the criminals have the knowledge of how to do it, especially this crime, because it's so easy. It's it's simply it is literally I can file one piece of paper and satisfy the mortgage on your home. I can file a second piece of paper and I can transfer the deed to your house or I don't even need to transfer the deed to your house. I can borrow against your house while you're living in your house. I could have that money placed in a bank, remove it. That's the one I worry about. It's not just transferring the deed. You actually can go and take and take it, change the deed, bar against that deed. And the first thing you know is the bank shows up and says, hey, you got to start making your payments. You're going, what are you talking about? And the cash has gone to somebody else. And Months at that later. time when that happens, you just you just can't tell the bank, hey, that's not us. The, the bank oh, doesn't no. care. They, they got a, they, they've, they've got a loan. They got your deed. And your house is collateral. You got to pay the loan, right? Absolutely. Banks have taken people's houses, legitimately taken your house from you because someone borrowed two hundred thousand dollars on the home that you own, and they foreclosed. Most people simply they don't have the forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars that it takes to hire an attorney and fight a, a bank. And how can you prove that you didn't do this, especially if the person does it in your name? They show they may show up as you. I, I've had oh, I've had 27 driver's licenses issued in seven different states in individuals names. I've stolen over 50 identities. So, so I would show up with a driver's license as you and sign those documents as you. How do you prove it wasn't you? It's a horrible situation to be in. Well, no, it's a and it's a heinous crime too, particularly with people in there that are older. And I'm telling you right now, you need that you you need to make sure that mortgage and that deed is totally squared away because we're going to go through some real headwinds here. Matthew, how do they get to Home Title Lock? Tell people where they go right now to get the information on all this. HomeTitleLock.com. It's that simple. There, it's a it's a very very easy to sign up. Very inexpensive. They'll run. They'll give you a free title search on your house. To make sure that nothing that your your title is is absolutely in order from the very get go. That's the first thing they're going to make sure 
is that you're in a good spot to begin with. And then they will completely monitor it 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. We need everybody on board on the ramparts to do this. You got to take that potential worry out of your mind. Matthew Cox from Home Title Lock, thank you very much. By the way, one of the Absolutely. top cyber cr- criminals for the FBI when he was in his, when he was on the uh, uh, plan for the bad guys. Now he's a good guy. Matthew, thank you so much. This whole thing of debt, you know, we're, we're, we're very focused on the debt ceiling. You know, we're leading the charge on this renegotiation to make sure that everything is, um, that we um, get exactly what we need. Remember, I'm putting out there, we need an audit of the Fed. We need an audit of the Defense, De- Defense Department. We need the Treasury to show us their cash flow model. So this is going to be a very tough negotiation. It's, you're going to see a lot of uh, stupid things out there. But the centerpiece is that Congress has to come together, particularly the Republicans have to come together and kind of look at this from one point of view. I want to bring in Leo, Leon Benjamin now, Pastor Leon Benjamin. There's a special election in my beloved Commonwealth of Virginia coming up, I think, in early February, uh, Pastor. What, you're running. Yes. You're the nominee running in the fourth. Tell us about First off, tell the country about the district. Uh, tell MAGA about the district and, uh, and, and tell us why are you running and what do you hope to accomplish when you get to Congress, sir? Well, look, God bless you, Steve. I love you so much, man, and what you're doing. And this is perfect timing right now because in my district, I'm running in a special elections, which will occur February the 21st, uh, 2023, just a few weeks away. We're already in, already in early voting season in Virginia's fourth congressional district. Um, I am I am running in this district because it is time to break the anomaly of we can't come together. Uh, this race is, in particular is going to show how we must transcend party lines and unite the people. The people are suffering regardless of color, race, gender, sexual identity, orientation. This thing is coming to a head where the left and the Democrats and even rhinos are literally almost destroyed this nation's fiber of the Constitution, the fabric that keeps us and upholds us through our Christian Judeo values. And so this race right here, my opponent has no capacity whatsoever to unite the people. They have marginalized the communities, blacks over there, whites over there, transgenders over there, homosexuals over there, poor people over there. I mean, everybody's in a box. Nobody can breathe, Steve. Nobody's breathing. And so I am a breath of fresh air. I'm the people's choice. And what I'm going to do when we get to Congress, because it's not me, it's we. We, the people, when we get to Congress, we're going to be that continuity, that bridge that allows us to solve problems and not play political games with the hearts and minds of the people, especially in the 4th Congressional District where crime is high, inflation, people can't pay their rents, education. I call it the money follows the child, where right now the money is following the interest groups. and the institutions and the parents have no rights. So it's time to back the parents. And that's what we're gonna do, Steve. It's time right now. And, and I'm asking everyone for their help. Go to my website, Benjamin, the number four, congress.com and jump in, pitch in, donate, pray, and let's take this seat. This seat is up for grabs. And we pray for uh, Congressman Donald McEachin and his passing and his family. Uh, but this seat, seat 223, this is amazing, Steve. In the year 223, this seat will be number 223 for the Republican Party, and it's time to bring this to fruition. How do you do that in in a in a um, in a district that's very heavily Democratic, at least in registration and traditional uh, a vote? Uh, when um, I mean their pitch, because you when I read your material, you're very much for. The traditional family. You're very much for traditional values. You're very much um, common sense on economics. It, it looks like on national defense. How do you do that on an opponent that is? When you say come together, they're already so much outside the mainstream. But it seems that the uh, the district is used to voting for that. So how do, how are you going to make that pitch of of come together when you're already going up against somebody on a policy base. I'm not saying a personal base, but on a policy basis is pretty radical or pretty far 
uh, from where, where your policies are, sir? Well, you kind of said it right there. My opponent um, has propagated policies like what happened in Loudoun County, uh, stood with legislation that hid the actual incident that happened when that uh, supposed transgender uh, boy raped that girl in that school. If it was up to the legislation that was written, that policy, it would have never got found out. My opponent stood with that. And uh, these are the things that people need to know. They don't know who they're voting for. My, my opponent stood with legislation uh, that allows the money, again, not to follow the child, takes away and strips parental rights. Parents don't have a say-so. If my opponent goes into Congress, parents will not have a say-so when it comes to the curriculums being taught in their school. And, and we need to let everybody know. That's, thank you for allowing me to be on the show today. Uh, I have farmers call, calling me uh, dealing with this uh, thing with solar uh, panels that have now become a wasteland in a lot of farm country. <laughs> they don't work. Our, our grid can't sustain solar uh, panels right now. We, we live off of almost 80% of fossil fuels. My opponent is so much on the clean energy and the high ESG scores. People need to know where they stand policy-wise. They have refused to debate me, Steve. My opponent doesn't want to debate me. And, and, and I think the reason why is because they don't want the people to know who they're really voting for. Uh, debates are not for the candidate, as, as I was sharing on a little while ago on another show. Uh, debates are for the, for the voters. Why do you think they're? Why do you think they're? Uh, be specific. Why do you think they're avoiding you on, on on a debate for to get there? I mean, the solar panels first of all made by slave labor in China. It's a, it's a disgrace that we even have them here in the country. Then you get them here and they're not working. But your opponent is all for ESG. I mean, this the committee that you you may well sit on of the weaponization of government once you're in Congress. The, the one of the principal aspects of that is parents that have been targeted by the FBI and targeted by DOJ. Just simply for going to school board meetings and 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 bringing up things about uh, the gender identity, the the CRT, just by doing that, they're being targeted by their their government. So so why do you think specifically your opponent refuses to debate you? Get on a stage in front of the citizens of the fourth congressional district of the Commonwealth, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, and and fight it out with a battle of ideas, sir. They're assuming that just because. Uh, people vote one way, traditional-wise, that they assume that they're going to just go ahead and do it again and be a sure slide-in. But that's not going to happen in this race. People are, I call it exiting, like, you know, <laughs> walk away. There's a, there's a huge walk-away movement going on right now across the nation, not just in Virginia. People are walking away from the Democratic Party, or let's just say from the policies of uh, beautiful people. Uh, so we're not talking about a person who's a Democrat. We're talking about the platform. People are waking up, Steve, and it, it is happening right now. I'm talking to moms, especially who love their children. They have special needs, whether it be autism or IEPs or need after school. The, the Democrat Party has totally failed us in this, this area of education, and my opponent is standing on that side. And we need someone who's going to stand for all the people. And that's that's what I'm going to do in Congress. I'm not just going to be representing Republicans in that seat. I'm going to represent Republicans, Democrats, independents. And as we say in, 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 the, in the country, Lottie Dottie and everybody. <laughs> I mean, we're going to represent everybody, Steve. <laughs> Pastor Leon Benjamin, uh, Virginia 4th, look forward to having you back on here. Between then, how do people, what's your social media, how do people find out more about you as a person and, uh, and your, uh, your policies, find out more about you as a candidate? Where do they go? Yes, they can go first to my website, Benjamin, the number four, congress.com. Like me up on Twitter, Leon for Congress. Also on Facebook, Leon for Congress. Same thing on Instagram. And share, share my posts. Get the word out. Uh, this special election is going to happen so quick, and we need everybody to turn out because we got a chance to take this seat, make history, and bring a district that's been starving for unity, uh, actually bring a, a, a what I call a life refreshing to come down and be in U.S. Congress, not representing personal interests, 
special interest groups, but representing actually we the people. Thank you so much, Steve. I love you, man, for the work you're doing. No, I tell you what, Congressman, the people in the fourth, uh, such a good area of the Commonwealth, and there's such good folks down there. They deserve a fighter like you. So uh, good luck, sir. Godspeed. God bless you. Thank you so much. Virginia Four, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a dogfight, and uh, Pastor Benjamin's a fighter. I want to bring in another fighter, uh, Natalie Winters. <laughs> Natalie, every day you're blowing me up with another another <laughs> incredible story. But you all know, Natalie's going to really kind of help us out here as we get into this uh, Biden the Biden crime scene. We're gonna we're gonna she's going to help us expose the what I call the Democrat Illuminati. The law firms that really run this city. Uh, but but uh, I, it, this one you put up today is so important. I don't know if Memphis has got it, but can you walk us through uh, this uh, this new uh, story you have up on uh, War Room? Sure. So this has to do with the CDC and what they're planning to do behind closed doors. And frankly, with what we've seen them do in front of open doors, uh, what they're planning to do in secret is, is all the more concerning. So... I'd found an announcement on the Federal Register uh, very recently where they announced an intent to have what's called a closed meeting. In this designation, they cite a, a lot of rationale that goes from the U.S. Code and also uh, someone who works in, within the Director of Strategic Business Initiatives Unit within the CDC, which is an interesting unit to exist in the first place, um, with, of course, within the CDC. Um, but this meeting that they're having, which it's set to take place on March 7th, um, virtually, but also I think there's some in-person component. Um, but And I'll, I'll read the direct quote because I, I think that that does it justice. Um, it has to do with developing a public health tool to predict the virality of vaccine misinformation narratives. And the two other topics that they're going to address in this meeting are disease, disability, and injury prevention and control, in addition to collaborative surveys to provide inputs into vaccine-related economic evaluations. So it's just another perfect example. This, of course, is coming on the heels of the Twitter files, coming on the heels of that bombshell story from The Intercept, which really got into the weeds when it came yeah, to... Hang, hang, sure. hang over a second. I want to, I want to tie Intercept, Twitter files on this. Explain to me what this is again. Go slow. You know me. Go slow. When Natalie Prince, I said, go slow. Make sure I understand it. What? Because if I can understand it, the audience can understand it. What exactly are they doing? So a notice for a closed meeting from the CDC was put out very recently. And per federal law, they have to disclose what they're going to talk about in broad strokes, um, but not much more. So of the available data that we have, what the CDC is convening, really plotting to create is the development of a public health tool to predict the virality of vaccine misinformation. So it's sort of along the lines of what I discussed probably a few weeks ago on the show, this idea of, you know, pre-bunking, right? Or in some cases, debunking misinformation, which of course they love to move the needle uh, whether it's in line with the Chinese Communist Party, or in this case, more likely probably Big Pharma, about what exactly constitutes misinformation. So that, of course, dovetails with the broader narrative of these intercept leaks, of course, the Twitter files and how the federal government is really working to censor misinformation, uh, though they never really can provide a, a co cohesive or coherent definition as to what misinformation is. Fifth generation information warfare. How could they have the chutzpah? Given every you know, we had Natalie on last hour, the work that you've been doing, you see the Twitter files, you, you see just everything's coming out on the science and evidence. You just heard about the court ruling in New York State about the transmissibility, which they just lied outright. How can they have the chutzpah, the chutzpah <laughs> to say they've got to know the vi virality of misinformation? Is, is this that we're going to have to go in and, decon and deconstruct it brick by brick, that they're just never going to give up. And this is another sign where they're now actually trying to develop new tools and new weapons against the people. Well, I think this story, it's sort of, you know, missing the forest for the trees type scenario in the sense that this is just one example of how these three letter agencies really 
more broadly, the Intel community has kind of weaponized the term misinformation. And if you really want the signal and not the noise here, I was going through the uh, the federal grant database just recently, and I put in the, the search term misinformation and disinformation. And what's so curious to me as an investigative reporter, these term these terms only ever first appeared right in the context of federal money being given out to police either misinformation or disinformation. In the context of misinformation, the first time it appeared in the database was 2010. And the first time that disinformation ever appeared was 2013. And if you break down, if you itemize the spending in terms of, and this is coming from all federal agencies, groups like CDC, NIH, FDA, DOD, Department of State, really all of them, 98% of these grants occurred after the Trump administration came into power. And since then, it really has escalated. So if you want to talk about the growth of the administrative state from the context of how they're spending tens of millions of dollars to go after misinformation, this is a perfect, perfect example of it. And I don't think it should be lost on anyone. 2010, the rise of the Tea Party, really that's when you see the rise of the populist movement. And what I've said from day one, Misinformation has always been a tool, a cudgel that they have tried to use against people who really go against the establishment, i.e. the populist movement. Naomi, I mean, Natalie, hang on for one second, because I want to bring you back up, Bray. I want to talk about this. For the guys that that call Natalie for a date, and when she says no on Saturday night, I'm going to the federal grant register, she's not blowing you off. That's not the equivalent of saying "I'm, I'm washing my hair. Natalie Winters actually is going through the federal grant register. I was flipping through the federal grant register the other night and noticing Natalie amazing. Short commercial break. Back with Natalie Winters in a moment. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today 
with covidtaxrelief.org. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, Natalie, I was only slightly kidding about the uh, the federal uh, grants register. This is the, re- the way that your research and your investigations are so powerful. I just want to make sure people, before I lose you tonight, is that, it, it, you know, th- these events are, 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 are linked. It was the rise of Trumpism and the rise of Trump and the MAGA movement in 16. They, they had started in the, t- you saw the, the uh, misinformation uh, narrative, how they're pushing that. But they realized they had a problem when they actually lost. And so from 2016, I just want to make sure you got, from 2016 till now, there's been an explosion. And the, and the importance of her piece, everybody can get it on War Room. And I want Grace and Captain Bannon, if you can put it up in all the different live chats and, and Carly Bonet over at uh, the Midnight Writer uh, over on Telegram and our Telegram channels, all of it, because you show where they're not stopping. I mean, <laughs> if we think we got them on their heels with the with the vax issues, trust me, these folks are not going down without a fight. They, they've made so many tens of billions of dollars on this entire vaccine situation. They're not going to go down without a fight. So what, what are the math? Have we really seen? Can you empirically show we've had an explosion since 2016 in this whole uh, everything that that we try to counter their narratives is all misinformation, ma'am? Sure. So I guess I have gotten ahead of myself because I was going to write this up for a piece tomorrow or the next day. So I will definitely do that so people can see what I'm talking about. But I think it really is so important because you really can understand this is the evidence that we need to prove that misinformation has always been just a a political means to an end. So for the the word misinformation, the first time it appears in this grant database is 2010. And now there's 209 grants that that use that term. And nine times out of 10, it's in the context of combating misinformation, either domestically or abroad. And of that 209 sum of grants, four of them were before the Trump administration. The rest of the 205 all occurred after the inauguration of Trump. And you see the same pattern with the term disinformation. There were 358 mentions of them. Eight of them were before the Trump administration came to power, which means about 97.8% of the grants talking about misinformation came during the Trump administration. But it's just really funny to juxtapose this narrative, right, the skyrocketing of of the term misinformation um, used against whether it's people who are, you know, skeptical of, say, the COVID-19 vaccine or skeptical of climate change, because it really goes against the left wing narrative on misinformation, which is that, you know, it's the greatest problem facing our time since, you know, time immemorial, we've had to deal with misinformation. That's not the case. The data suggests otherwise, that this really was concocted out of thin air, uh, the thin air that surrounded whether it was the Tea Party movement or really the surge of the populist movement here in the United States. So I think timing is really important when it comes to when this whole misinformation line of attack, it was sort of when the you know ad hominem attacks on conservatives started to falter that was when they re-upped this term misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories. And I think right now we're really seeing, for lack of a better term, the chickens come home to roost in the sense that throughout the entire COVID-19 pandemic, the word that's probably been said the most on all mainstream media networks has been misinformation because it's been this arrow in the quiver that they've really been sharpening, this spear that they've been sharpening to be able to use to really drive through the heart of people who dare to defy the establishment, whether it's the Trump movement, people who are skeptical of getting the COVID-19 vaccine, skeptical of mask mandates, you name it. So I'll, I'll write this all up, but I think that is really the signal, not the noise. This is huge. This is what some people are calling now fifth generation warfare. General Flynn has a great book on that. Or as the Chinese have said, unrestricted warfare, the, the psychological warfare, the information part, the PSYOP part, all of it. Natalie, how do people, uh, how do people follow you, ma'am? I'm Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. By the way, our executive editor and co-host, Natalie, you did such a good uh, job the other day <laughs> in, in hosting. I had Thank tons you. of friends who were calling me Wally Pip. <laughs> Wally Pip, which is the first baseman that Lou Gehrig replaced. I don't know and, who that and is. Never, never gave the job back. 18 yeah thank god thank god uh natalie thank you so so much for coming i appreciate it thank you 
<laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I want to go talk about an honor. You know, this week uh, with the Martin Luther King holiday is always a kickoff for two things. Well, you got Sundance in the cultural side, the film side, but you've had Davos is always around this time and also the March for Life here in the United States. Father Frank Pravone uh, joins us. Father Frank, t- tell us this year, I-, I want to make sure because of the monumental victory uh, with the Dobbs decision and Roe v. Wade and then the midterms, all of that. You know, I was amazed here because we have, you know, the Breitbart Embassy on on, on Capitol Hill and Andrew and I. And I, honestly, I didn't really know much about the March for Life. And it would be bitter cold. And you have, it looked like 500,000, I don't know, man. These things, the only thing I ever saw bigger was the early Tea Party, uh, uh, you know, marches. These things were massive. And nobody in media covered it. Even Fox didn't cover it. Nobody covered it. I said, what is this thing going on? I said, oh, and it's so young. What impressed me was the age. I mean, it was be, uh, below 30. And guys would say, well, Steve, that's because modern technology, these kids know today where life starts. And so this, the movement of the right to life movement, the pro-life movement, is a, really a movement of, uh, of young people. And, and, and Father Frank Pavone, you were the guy that really did this and, and pulled this off with the, with the organizers of it. Is this year, we're coming up on it. I know we're going to cover it every day about events and what's going on itself. Captain Bannon will be up here to cover the march. Tell us what's going on and what can we expect. Yeah, it's going to be another great march. This, of course, is the 50th march. Uh, just, just the fact that, uh, that crowds of this size, as you said, in the hundreds of thousands, have gathered now consistently for 50 years. Just that is an amazing fact and an amazing news story. But, uh, you know, the uh, the media coverage, of course, got a big bounce when President Trump became the first uh, sitting president to come physically to the March for Life. Uh, but we're going to see it again this time, uh, the march being on Friday the 20th. Uh, we'll see the hundreds of thousands. Uh, uh, we, we, we'll see people now coming for the first time when Roe v. Wade is no more. And so it'll be a celebratory tone but it'll also be a recommitment because we keep marching simply because abortions keep happening. We need federal protection as well as state protection uh, for these babies. And uh, the state protection has greatly increased. We've got about a dozen states now that are essentially protecting the unborn right from the beginning, which is great, but a lot more work to be done. There will be, Steve, in the coming year, a lot more state marches, which is good, but we can't lose our focus on the on the uh, the need to call our federal uh, elected and appointed officials to protect the unborn. So we're going to have a series of events now in these next few days that'll that'll rally all kinds of people. Well, that's the, the question is, is the, the, the fight's not over at the federal level. It has shifted a little bit to the state because you had this monumental victory. And I want people to understand that it, t- it took them 50 years, right, of yeah. just absolute grinding out and you guys had a lot more cloudy days than you had blue sky days that's the amazing thing about never give up and never fight but has are you concerned that because look it's it's always cold around the 20th sometimes cold i mean i've seen it when it's been single digits you guys had hundreds of thousands of young people there is there a concern that because i'm not saying rest on the laurels but people say hey We've got the federal thing done. Let's focus on the states. Or you're still going to galvanize everybody as this this biggest and most important of all the pro-life events uh, annually. It'll still be the biggest, uh, but I do have a concern. In fact, I had this concern all through the progression of the Dobbs case because uh, a lot of us – in the pro-life movement, we're saying, well, now this is going to go back to the states, go back to the states. Well, it goes back to the people and their elected representatives. That's the term that the Dobbs decision used. And elected representatives are at every level of government, local, at city council, uh, state level, and federal level. So it is, I think, a a moment of re-education of the movement. We need to grasp what the Dobbs case did and didn't say. Uh, and that it did not take away from Congress the, the need to legislate on this. As a matter of fact, one of the key briefs in the case was from 228 sitting members of Congress saying to the court, let us do our job. That is, legislate, because Roe v. Wade was blocking that. Let us do our job to legislate to protect these unborn children. So it was the largest number of sitting members of Congress ever to call 
for, for the end of Roe v. Wade. Now that it has happened, they can't walk away from the field. They got to do the job they asked the court to let them do. So we're going to be working on that. There might be, uh, I know that there are some states where uh, they're not sending buses this year because they, they said, well, we're going to support the state marches. A lot of people are going to go to the state marches who would not have come to the national march anyway. Uh, we can't use that as a reason to stop sending people to the national march. I, I wanted, there was a number of Republican presidents in the 50 years, and I don't think Trump gets enough credit for this. He's the first president ever to come down and actually physically go and give a speech to this massive, 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 cold, young, but cold uh, temperature-wise crowd, correct? He's, he's the only president That's to right. do that? That's right. I remember in, in the early years, I mean, I remember during the Reagan years, he called in on the telephone to Nellie. He addressed the marchers. Uh, George W. Bush did the same thing. He addressed them by telephone. But the, there's nothing that replaces the physical presence as so significant. And, uh, and, and, and he did that. I remember standing right uh, uh, in front of the platform as he was speaking that day. People were just so energized. And to this day, they are energized. Because with a, with, a, with a sitting president being there at the march, that just elevates the whole issue and the whole movement for the whole country. No matter what position people take on abortion, they see, wow, this is an important movement. Uh, and, and this has gotten the attention at the highest levels of government. So uh, it's an enduring, uh, it's an enduring to his credit, but it's an enduring blessing and strengthening for the movement as well. Uh, so Steve, we're going to do a number of things. Um, I'm going to be privileged again to lead the prayer service on the morning of the March for Life. And I want to ask our, uh, our viewers to come to Constitution Hall that morning, Friday morning, for an interdenominational prayer service. It's uh, we, because one of the things we're going to do, we're going to honor the pregnancy centers. You, you know, you and I have discussed how the pregnancy centers after Dobbs were under severe attack, not only physically, but then you had people like Elizabeth Warren say, oh, we got to pass legislation to rein in these, these fake clinics and all these lies that are told about these frontline people who are saving lives every day. We're going to have six or seven of the, the founders, the pioneers of the pregnancy center movement in Constitution Hall Friday morning, and we're going to honor them. And we want to fill that place to show people that, hey, we appreciate this work. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers across the country helping these young moms and dads who are so afraid that they think they have to have their child killed. These pregnancy centers are doing mammoth work, life-saving work. Let's honor them at that prayer service Friday morning. That'll be just one of, of several events that will come on um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, in Washington. And, um, you know, we can uh, we can talk about some of the other details if you like. But there'll be a lot of events and we've got the schedule up on our our website and abortion.us. OK, how do people get to where all the events are? We're going to have you back on to go to the details The the Constitution Hall prayer uh, session interdenominational starts yeah. at 830 a.m. 830. Right. OK, uh, right. doors will open. I take it around eight o'clock. To, to get everybody in there? Uh, 7.30. 7.30, perfect. Yep. 7:30. Uh, what website, what social media for you and website? Where do people go? Okay, website, endabortion.us, endabortion.us. My social media is FR Frank Pavone on all the platforms, FR Frank Pavone. Father Frank, thank you very much. Look forward to having you back on here, sir. Okay, Steve, thanks a lot. A major event, and we're going to do wall-to-wall -wall coverage of it. Do we have Brandon Showalter's uh, cold open? And let me I, I, let me say before I do this, I love Brandon Showalter. He's one of the best investigative reporters out there. I would have him more on more, but these things are so disturbing. It's like I say, it's not my line of country, and it quite frankly, it freaks me out. And so let's let's play this cold open. You'll see why. Then I want to bring on the great investigative reporter from the Christian Post, Brandon Showalter. We don't have. He only had a day to get it right, but that's okay. Uh, Brandon show, you know, I'm on a roll today. Here's what it is. We had all these great cold opens, but we don't need them. In fact, I actually am glad that's not happening because I can't, I can't, it's very tough for me to even watch it. Brandon, uh, tell us, uh, we don't have the cold open ready, but tell us what's going on and, and what this, uh, what this uh, epitomizes. Cause once again, it's very disturbing on your research. Well, I'm here today to talk about a documentary film called dead name. 
I did a review of this just before Christmas, but this has just come out. It's on Vimeo now, and it profiles three families who have been torn apart by transgender ideology. Uh, Broken Hearted Films, it's available now on Vimeo. Uh, and since it's, it's no problem that you don't have the trailer, but I will describe what you will see if you watch this, and I would urge everyone to do so. It begins with a child who's dressed head to toe in pink, a boy. He's maybe four years old, five, six at most. Uh, you learn that his name is Jonas, and he says in a childlike voice, if you want girl parts and you don't have them, you can do special surgery where they turn your penis inside out and there's a vagina inside. His mom, who happens to be a lesbian, is divorced from her ex who had been trying to trans him into a girl named Rosa. You also see a story of Amy, who's a mother whose teen daughter identified as trans and was able to acquire testosterone after a telehealth call with Planned Parenthood behind her back. And Bill, whose son started identifying as trans in college and the hospitals and the clinics undermined him at every turn. It's the family rupture side of transgenderism and that has not been explored much, certainly in the legacy press. I've profiled some parents like that at the Christian Post but this documentary is a visceral gut punch, intimate portrait glimpse and sort of a fly on the wall look into what happens when families uh, have to deal with this ideology invading their home. I can't articulate enough just how powerful it is. You can go and watch the trailer on YouTube and on Vimeo, and pay a few bucks to watch the whole film. It's 45 minutes of extremely powerful stuff. Walk me through on Vimeo. Where where do people go? Because I want people to to watch this film. Where where do they actually go on Vimeo? Is it is it you just have to Google in? Uh, dead name. And just go two to words. The film dead name. Dead name. Two words. Um, and it is uh, Broken Hearted Films is the production company. Uh, you'll see it's there. It's like forty five or fifty minutes. Um, it's like nine bucks to rent. I think. Uh, it's people like to complain. Why is it behind a paywall? It just Think two lattes at Starbucks, you know, just <laughs> watch the film. Independent filmmakers are filling a very crucial truth-telling void because the legacy press has not been giving a voice to the parents, certainly. Only very recently has have outlets like Reuters and a little bit in the New York Times even and the New York Magazine Intelligencer in the last few months have started to introduce some scrutiny of what I believe, Steve, is one of the greatest medical scandals of all times. Yeah children on blockers and hormones and that kind of thing. But the, the parents have not been given a voice because they are in this film. Hang on one second. I now I want to thank Memphis and my crack team here. We now have it up and booted. I will, let's play this and I'm going to bring you back afterwards. Go ahead and play the trailer. If you want girl parts and you don't have them, you can do special surgery where they turn your penis inside out and there's a vagina inside. Preschool sends out a letter to all the parents announcing one of our students is now Rosa and we would love you all to come and celebrate and support her. And he was four years old. I didn't even know if he knew what a pronoun was. I go to the daycare a week later uh, to drop him off and it's Rosa is written on the entrance sheet where I have to sign. Rosa is on his cubby. It, it's everywhere. And they would just look at me and listen. They would say, Helen, you should really learn to accept this and celebrate it. And I'm like, celebrate what? Celebrate that my child's gonna be put on hormones and his penis will never grow and he'll never have a normal sex life and he'll be on drugs for the rest of his life. This was when she was like 15. Um, I remember being up in her room and she said, I'm trans and I need a new name. Somehow I got a text from CVS. Your, your prescription for TES is available. She's like, it's mine. You can't take it from me. You can get this by making a phone call and having a teleappointment. I mean, there was no psychological evaluation. There was nothing. Where does our species go if, if you can cut off your body parts like this? Sean had set up an appointment with an endocrinologist at the hospital to try to get hormones. I'm looking at it as, hey, this kid just needs to explain to him, hey, he's had a lot of traumatic events through his life, you know, losing his leg. We had an older son that died of a heroin overdose when he was eight years old. He went through loss of his mom, being diagnosed with cancer. I mean, we, I went through all, I said, all these things have to have a big effect on him. 
When I had the appointment with the psychiatrist, I was just blown away when she turned around and told me that he's definitely transgender um, and you are an unsupportive, abusive father. I'm trying to keep him alive. Uh, Brandon, one more time. We only got a minute. Uh, first off, where do people? This thing's so disturbing. I mean, I don't I know. know how you get your head around it. And, and the media, the media is not doing a good job about people that get into this and then want to say, "Hey, I, I, I didn't want to do this, or I want to reverse it." And the families, and so people have to watch this film. Where do people go to you for your social media and your reporting over at the Christian Post? Because you're really the most, I think, important investigative reporter in this area. Where do they go? Well, on Twitter. At Brandon M. Show is my Twitter handle. All of our print reporting is at ChristianPost.com. I did a critical review of this film, Dead Name, which you can go and watch on Vimeo, Brokenhearted Films. Uh, you saw that trailer. It's a gut punch. Just wait till you see the whole movie. Very much worth your time. Brandon uh, Showwater, thank you very much for joining us here in the world. Make sure everybody gets it. Brandon Showwater, Christian Post, and Libby Evans over at Post Millennial, kind of the tip of the spear in this. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Show's going to be explosive on that, I can guarantee you. See you back in the war room tomorrow morning at 10. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.